the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, good to see you. This is um, uh, spare room day number, what do you think? How long have we been out here? 40. 40 days, you think? 40 days? Yeah, that's my estimate. Okay. Spare room edition of The Ride Home. Mm-hmm. How are things with you? Things are fine, John. Mm-hmm. With you? Fine. How can I complain, Kath? Okay. I'm sitting at home, looking out the window. I see the yard out there. Have a little cup of iced tea in front of me. Mm-hmm. Getting ready to talk to some interesting people about some good things. As do I. I hold up Very my nice. iced tea to cheers your iced tea. Cheers to you cheers. on your iced tea. Cheers, mm-hmm. my friend. Yes. All right. Here's my question for you, John. Okay. So we went from the impeachment crisis. You remember that? I know it seems like it was eight years ago, but it really wasn't. <laughs> was that what, what? What month was that? I don't remember. Fall. That was Christmas. That was December. Fall. I think it, it was started, Christmas though, impeachment. In, I, I think it started in October, though, right? I don't know. Okay, Anyways, last... we had that. Okay. Then we had COVID nineteen, which happened. We got the first rumble of that in early January. And then right. finally, in mid-March, we basically succumbed to it and shut down. Right. right. Well, say that again, Mike. March 18th, you said, Mike? December 18th was the impeachment thing. Okay. okay. And all then right. Just- so then we went to the killing of George Floyd, and now we're in all the um, protests as a result. And it's just when you sit back, it's just so much at one time. And I feel like maybe I feel it acutely because of the job we have that we have to, you know, we ingest the news as, you know, what we have to do. And it just seems like it's a heavy burden to bear. I mean, we're not alone in that. It doesn't matter whether you're in broadcasting or not. I believe that that affects everybody. Oh, yeah, sure it does. I think today even more so, right? I mean, pre-24-7 cable, if you're so inclined. However, I do know a fair number of people who choose not to engage at all in social media and just, you know, the news cycle, which I think is at this point in time is very healthy. Okay. I mean, I think, I think each one of us has to do what we think is the right thing for us as far as mental health, psychological health. Um, Spiritual health is a whole different story. Uh, But so we have to find a way to maintain a center when all the winds are blowing around us, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in times like this. So I, I guess I don't know. My question for you, John, is how do you, you have to dip your toe in, I think, as a responsible Christian, because you're living in this world. This is the culture that Jesus has called you to. This is your time to serve, right? This is your time to live on this planet. So there has to be some interaction between you and the world, right? How do you personally, how are you maintaining your health, happiness, peace? Me, personally. Yeah, you. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm asking I'm, the other person who does the show with me. Me. Uh, well, 
I think what I've done, which is what I started, and I think a lot of people have done early on, is that I've connected with people over my life that I've not necessarily been in touch with regularly mm. these past however many years. Okay. The surprise and joy of that has really sustained me. Hmm. Um, Good for you. There have been probably, I, I would say, at least one a handful of those relationships that I'm doing this with. I've had some conversations. Mostly they've been text threads. But that has been a, a real a joy. That's what okay. I would say. The, right. the joy really of, of, of reconnecting people that I used to know That's well really and loved and shared a lot of things with, but for whatever reason have dropped that relationship. Now I'm kind of plugging in again. Okay. All yeah. right. How about you? Well, I'm going to say something that you said in a little bit of a different vein yesterday on our program. Okay. Uh, and if you didn't hear yesterday's program, you can always hear our podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast or you can watch it on Facebook. If you go to 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with John and Kathy, where we are right now, uh, Facebook Live, if you want to watch the show. But you brought this up yesterday. Um, I have been reading and not watching. Mm. And I think that that is how I've navigated this emotionally. I don't think that cable news in the evening does anything positive. I mean, I hate to pick on people who make their living doing that, but for no. me, for me only, it's not healthy. It's way too sensational, <laughs> sensationalist. It's way too, uh, like the tyranny of the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's way too, uh, um, offense based. You know, someone's offended, and so right. someone has to go on and preach about how offended they are and how horrible and unrighteous the other side is. And I just, and there is a lot of that in on Twitter or on whatever your social media platform is. But when you read it, it's easier to filter out, mm -hmm. I think, than watching. What do you think? Yeah, that, that makes good sense, right? So you're choosing to stay in touch, be in touch right. with your news sources, but you're reading the newspaper, so to speak. I think it but, helps. I think that does. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I do, and, and I, I've never been a late evening cable TV news person. I'm just not. It's just not how I'm wired. However, you know, while this has been going on, I have plugged in from time to time. And what I've found is I'm alternately fascinated and disgusted by the conversation. So I've got, it's got a short shelf life, maybe mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes max, and I can shut it down. But something weird's happened. Uh, over the last couple of days, as I've been delving into this, and I'll, I'll tune in, you know, nine-ish or so, maybe 10 o'clock, over my shoulder, in the reflection of the window in front of me, I see my 22-year-old son, who was at the dining room table, peering into the living room, watching me watch cable news, and then I hear his running commentary to himself of disgust about what I'm watching. Mm, that must be a pleasant <laughs> thing to enter into on a nightly basis. It's because amazing then you're as psychologically is, healthy as you are. I find myself watching him, watch watching you. the the person, right? Watch me. His commentary generally upsets me even more so than what's being said on cable television. Okay, great. Now, how long do you watch these programs that you know you, this interaction? Not happens? long. True. Okay. Fifteen twenty minutes max. There you go. But it's a cycle of weird trauma to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not saying that people shouldn't watch evening news. I'm saying that I think that's the point is that we all have to decide for us sure. what is the way that we're going to maintain a strong center. Here's another thing. And this sound like I don't do not mean to say this in any way that is preachy because I have fallen and erred so many times in this regard. Mm. But 
I really strive to wake up in the morning and read the Bible before I read the news. That's so smart. It It's not smart. It's just no. one of those things that is practical and it I, I feel like it helps me to get my head in the right space. Yeah. Now, today's one of those days I didn't do it because there was a news thing that happened. I got an alert on my phone and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to figure out what that is. And then I went back and did it. But it really, it when I do it the right way in the right order, yeah. it is just... Oh my gosh. It just really sets every, it doesn't fix it, but it gets me in the right, with the right perspective. I love I it. Okay. It so when the time comes, because here we are in Western PA about to shed our yellow status and move yeah. to a green status. When the time comes, will you be ready? Because I know, again, a lot of people who kind of go, I kind of like the pandemic. I'm kind of like enjoying, you know, I'm enjoying hanging out, doing my thing. I'm working, but I don't feel the pressure to go out in the world. Are you ready? Well, I don't know if I'm ready, but Saturday, um, I have to go to a memorial service for a friend. Mm -hmm. And then after I'm done with that um, and we finish and, you know, give our regards to the family in whatever, I'm not sure what, even what that's going to look like um, as far as the social distancing goes. But my husband actually said to me before the show started, do you want to go out for dinner? And we were both like, wait, really? You're going to go out for dinner? I don't know. We were both like scared to contemplate. That surprises me. Hmm. Would you do that? <clears throat> well, here's the thing. So I'm watching cable news last night and there's about 50,000 people at a protest. I exaggerate. Right. Like right there. So the righteousness of your cause prevents the virus from attacking you. So all of a sudden, COVID distancing apparently is over because right. half the country, it looks like, is out, you know, running through the streets. So what's going to prevent me from sitting down having a burger at Five Guys? Well, what would prevent it is if you thinking that that's probably not the smart thing to do. Yeah. Well, so, you know what? From my perspective, it's not the smart thing to do. Okay. I think I'm just going to hold off. Okay. Really? Mike, I'm would not you go that out? big of a hurry. Mike, would you go out and eat, to eat this weekend? I would, I would, and okay, I, I I would obviously you know wear a mask and stuff like that. But what are you gonna wear a I'm mask ready. when you go to a restaurant? Well, yeah. And well, how can until, you do that? You're eating until I you start do eating. This? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're right, but you know, what? I'll probably actually, wear it until actually, I get there. Actually, the big the big surprise is Mike and I are going out for dinner. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you imagine like really, going out to an Italian John. restaurant and yeah. having spaghetti with a mask on? Oh, no, How does that course. even work? No, but he's saying that you wear a mask until it's time for you to eat. And yeah. you take oh, it off. I see. Okay, so then the Actually, virus kind of like stays away. Mike, spaghetti acts as a barrier. <laughs> okay, but because <laughs> the, the spaghetti kills the virus, I think we know that. <laughs> I mean, it's Chef Boyardee. You never know, so right? That's what my Italian friends oh, have told me. I believe everything they yeah. say. Okay, the sauce Mike, kills the virus. Mike, here's the question though: Would you go to eat at a restaurant inside or only outside? Outside. I, yeah, would, I would go outside for sure. Yeah, I don't think too. you yeah. can go inside yet. Can you? Even with green, can you I think go? In green, I guess you, you can. can. I guess you can. I don't. I know. was. I was downtown um, a week ago, last Saturday, and there's a there's a bar slash restaurant. I think it's called Sly Fox. It's right downtown near um, yeah. Smithville Street, and okay. people were inside and outside. Really? And, and like two up. people were wearing masks outside. Um, I didn't. I didn't look inside to see if. I mean, there were people inside, but I don't remember if anybody was wearing masks inside. But Interesting. yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm giving it a definite maybe. All right, definite maybe. Mm -hmm. All right, if I would go to a restaurant, I would drink my meal through a straw. I'd have like you know, a, you know <laughs> some Nutrislim. 
and just sit there and, you know, like it's coming from the side of my straw. Like that. That's what you're going to start back with. You're going to go out to eat with Nutrislim. <laughs> I think that's made up. That's not actually a thing, is <laughs> it? Not, I don't right. think so. Let's take a break. Okay. What do we got? Coming up on today's show, in our 5 o'clock hour, we're going to open up the phones. We did this on yesterday's show in the 4 o'clock hour and asked the question, what's your experience with racism? What we're looking to do, John and Mike and I, is listen. Not talk, no yapping, no lecturing. We want to listen and we want to hear from you. So we'll give out our phone number in the 5 o'clock hour. We look forward to hearing from as many of you as we can possibly squeeze in. And in this hour, we're excited to talk to Todd Allen next. He's a professor of communication at Messiah College. And the question he's asking is, where are we today as a nation regarding race? It's the question we're all asking, so stay with us. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Ever have any problems? Oh, you do? Congratulations. Because, you see, a problem really is an opportunity in disguise. God wants you to see your problems as potentialities. Be sure to join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Turning Problems into Possibilities, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. You've already been lied to. You've already paid a ton of money to someone who did lie to you. And it's hard to come to someone like me and say, Ariel, I trust that you're going to do what's right for me. This is Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group, the timeshare cancellation expert. We're not just here to cancel your timeshare completely. We're here to provide you with the best customer service of your life. I deal with clients from all walks of life. I actually have a client right now who is an attorney. I have doctors. They were still taken advantage of. And it's not just the mom and pop. It's everybody faces this. They've been lied to. They are nervous. They're scared. But we're going to get you out of this. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. My name is Ariel. I'm a resolution specialist at Wesley Financial Group. Call now for your free timeshare cancellation kit. 800-619-3377. 800-619-3377. I did this weird thing as a kid. I would fall asleep with my blanket completely over my head, with only my mouth and nose poking out the side. I guess I liked the protection that the blanket offered while still being a fan of breathing. I think a lot of us are feeling that way today, juggling how to handle the protection that our homes give us with the desire to get out and breathe a little bit. At our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we don't have the end answer on how to best handle our current world, but we are pretty good at mortgages. If you're thinking of getting out and making that new home purchase you've been dreaming about, our company's direct lender advantage can often get you a lower rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Or, If you decided to hunker down at home a bit longer and want to use that time and some of your home equity to do some sweet home upgrades, our direct lender advantages may help with that too. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hello, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Secret Addictions. I'm not a pastor, theologian, therapist, or counselor. I'm a Christian with 26 years of healing for multiple addictions. If you or a loved one are lost in the wilderness of an addiction, we're here for you. Every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m., 
on 101.5 WORD. Why not join us on this spiritual journey to the promised land of healing? Talk to you Sunday. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. We are efforting to get our first guest, Todd Allen, to join us on the air for a few minutes. We're going to talk about where are we as a nation regarding race. The short answer is it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. It seems it's like a mess. it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, John, if you know, you're starting to read, though, some of those good news stories. There are, they are filtering out little yeah. tiny blips of, of policemen and protesters that are working together and talking together and walking together. I mean, that's, that is the way forward. It has to be. It's the only way. Yeah, because I believe the human heart tends to lean towards light, of course, than darkness. Certainly longs so for light. With uh, God on the throne and Jesus with us, of course, as believers, we are eternally, or we should be, eternally optimistic. However, when you can see where we are in this country right now regarding race, um, this has been going on for a long time, but it is not a reason for optimism. Todd Allen is with us. Todd's professor of communication at Messiah College. Todd is also the founder of the Common Ground Project, a nonprofit dedicated to teaching the history of the civil rights movement and a lecturer on con- com- commentary practices, public memory related to the civil rights movement. Todd, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, John and Kathy. How are you? Oh, Todd, it's so good to hear from you. I'm sorry for all of the things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, first off, tell us how you are, how you and your family are handling all of this. You know, I tell people, in fact, I was just telling a colleague a few moments ago, it depends on the time of day and, and what I what's occurred during that particular day. I mean, I think as anyone can imagine, there's a kind of a roller coaster of emotions uh, and feelings. Um, that you feel in particular uh, for uh, Mr. Floyd uh, and, and his family. Um, but then also you begin to think about your, uh, your own family um, and, and your own uh, well-being and, and some of the you know, tapes of, of past experiences and encounters that you've had uh, also uh, come, come back to the forefront. So it is um, so it's very, very trying, uh, very, very trying times. Yes, it is. So, Todd, uh, you're interesting because you have um, a lot of different uh, lenses to look at where we are Mm -hmm. right now. Of course, you're talking about your own personal experience. That's one story. You see the news cycle. That's another story. But also as a student of history and as a communicator, you see the big story as well. I mean, that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's sort of like pieces of a puzzle that are inside your mind and your heart that you're slowly starting to sift through. So what is that like for us as believers of Jesus, as white Americans, 
looking at the whole sweep of black uh, experience in America, how are we to make any sense of this other than to say, hey, this is not our life. This is not our lived experience. We don't get it the way you get it, Todd. Well, you know, as, as they say, history may not repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. And I think, unfortunately, as we're looking at the current historical moment, we're seeing a lot of rhyming um, from, our, from our distant past and our, and our not-too-distant uh, past. Um, you know, as far as, um, you know, and anyone saying, well, it's, it's not my um, experience, um, and, uh, and so I don't, I don't get it. Um, I understand the first part. It, it may not be your uh, experience, uh, but as people share their experience uh, with you, um, you know, I would hope and, and pray that, that um, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ would be receptive to hear, not mm-hmm. to not be dismissive, to not be in denial, to not, um, you know, it's, 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 it's like any time that you, uh, you know, want to express empathy. Uh, and concern and genuine love for someone, you don't do that by telling them, uh, as they're telling you their painful moment, you don't say, well, well you think that's bad. Let me tell you about right. mine. <laughs> yeah. It's not loving. It's not loving. No. Yeah. Now, Todd, you're a communication professor, but you also have a, you know, you've committed yourself to a great understanding of the black experience historically in America. A couple days ago, uh, John and I did a couple, you know, personal assessments of, of how we thought we had gotten to this point from a white perspective. And one of the things I brought up is education. I was publicly educated uh, from kindergarten through, you know, finishing college. And my um, the amount of time that I spent learning about the black experience in America was about nil. It really was. Um, so can you speak to that and what you've learned all the years of doing your bus trip? Well, you know, I, I, I think you're right. It's not a matter of just public education. It's a matter of education um, uh, in terms of in our school systems, um, but also not only our school systems, and, and, um, but, but in our families, um, in, uh, in our churches. You know, uh, when do we talk about, you know, these kinds of, uh, of, of matters? Um, you know, I tell people, uh, especially now in this uh, information-rich uh, age, there is no excuse whatsoever uh, for not knowing. It comes down to a matter of will and, and intent. And it's not a matter of, oh, okay, I'm going to watch some films, I'm going to read some books, and then I fully understand it all. You never uh, understand it all. And it's never... It's not a matter of just understanding one person's story. It's a matter of understanding all of our stories. Uh, you know, we look at this from the perspective of, of, of being global citizens, um, you know, understanding and learning about uh, and cherishing the experiences of your fellow citizens. Uh, but it's even more so uh, for, uh, for believers. Um, you know, obviously right now the, the moment is captured in, in talking about uh, the situation uh, uh, in Minneapolis, uh, among others, um, but you know, there's all we've also been in a season uh, of increasing uh, anti-Asian uh, racism, and you know, I told some people, uh, you know, just I think it was last month on PBS, uh, they ran this great documentary uh, on the Asian American experience mm-hmm. uh, that showed me things that paralleled to my own story, showed me things that were unique, uh, and gave me a lot of information. Now, I am not foolish enough to think. Oh, I watched a four-part documentary on the Asian Americans. I I got it now. No, that's just the beginning. 
And like I said, you know, if you've got a heart really driven by uh, love, love of God and love of neighbor, uh, you're going to want what's best for your neighbor. You want to know and engage uh, your neighbor. Uh, and so, yeah, getting uh, an understanding of, of histories uh, is one of those, one of those uh, uh, steps that, that, that we can take, and it's easy to take. Yeah. I mean, that's really interesting because when you, th- when you look at history, I mean, just the, the recent spate of, oh, let's take a look at um, uh, statues, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Civil War statues mm-hmm. and the brouhaha mm-hmm. of, well, should they stay in the public domain or should they be shuttered away? What do we do with these things? And I think when that first happened, a lot of white Americans were like, what are you kidding me? These things have been here, you know, for 80 <laughs> or 100 years. But then I believe there's been enough conversation about that and well-meaning people who were interested enough to know more would nod their head and go, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense to me. There's a tiny little nugget of social change, but it came in a cataclysmic way. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, sometimes it's in the most painful um, moments and circumstances. You know, some of that conversation was precipitated by um, the murders um, at uh, Mother Emanuel in Charleston, um, and some of that more was amplified by the murder uh, of, a, of a young demonstrator, uh, Heather Heyer, uh, in, in Charlottesville just a, a few years ago. Um, you know, my fear in moments like uh, the one that we're in now uh, is that people will see it as just that, as just a moment, right. uh, and not as a long-term, sustained a commitment to be better and to do better. Because I, I think as, as we started this conversation, we have seen this, this kind of recipe uh, uh, before, these kinds of scenarios before. Yep. And just when you think and hope and pray that yep. we've learned something and we're going to do better, mm-hmm. uh, we might do better for a little bit of a season and then we fall right back to, uh, to normal. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if even more broadly, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, that, that we're experiencing has, has, has shown us, normal really wasn't working that well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why people would want to, um, in, in, in the best of all worlds, try to return um, to, 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 the, to that normal. Uh, we, we need a new normal. Mm-hmm. We, need a new, we need a new creation is what we need. Isn't that the truth? Amen to that. Dr. Todd Allen's with us, professor of communications at Messiah College. Todd is the founder of the Common Ground Project, which is a nonprofit dedicated to teaching the history of the civil rights movement. And he's a lecturer on commemorative practices and public memory related to the civil rights movement. Listen, we are really short on time, Todd, but I just want to ask you this, and I guess I'm asking for a brief reply. Um, Talk about a couple historical, uh, I don't know, persons, instances you think it would be helpful for our white audience to know about, to read about today. Well, I think if people want to understand um, the, the, the misgivings that, that many in the African-American community have about the, the justice system, uh, just take yourself right back to the story of Emmett Till uh, and what happened to that young, young boy, teenage boy out of Chicago uh, in Money, Mississippi, and the and the travesty and tragedy uh, of justice. Uh, I think that's a prime example. Um, and you know, for more recent uh, memory, uh, you know, we've only got to look at uh, the acquittal uh, of 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 the, the 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 gentleman who murdered Trayvon Martin. The acquittal uh, of, uh, or actually, the, the not even exploration of the cases of persons like Sandra Bland. Um, we're still not here, and what's going to happen with? Uh, Brianna Taylor uh, down in down in Louisville. 
Uh, so when people say black lives matter, they're not saying only black lives matter and nothing else matters. Uh, what they're saying is that those lives matter, too. And we've got a history in this country uh, of not giving the same value and respect uh, to all um, persons made in the image of God. Right. And so you're spot on, Todd. I mean, the prayer is this, that as we've gone through these cycles before, this is just not another cycle, that there is change, there's an inquiry, there's a thirst for knowledge and for connection, for truth, and for love to grow. This moment forward, would that ever be such a thing? I mean, I don't know how you put that marker in people's lives, but would it be so that we did this forward? I mean, one of the more most tragic things that can occur already in the midst of tragedy uh, is for this to, to, to just be a moment and not a movement, and particularly a movement of the people of God to show what it looks like to be the people of God. Hmm. Todd, we appreciate you so much. You've uh, added so much to our show over the years, and we understand you were just in Pittsburgh. We missed you, but that's because we haven't been out of our houses, and it seems like eight years. Uh, but Todd, we love well, you. Thank I'm, you for I'm your actually time still today. in Western. I'm, I'm still in Western PA visiting right now, so, uh, so I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, that we I'm, connected. I'm on Facebook right now, and I'm waving to you, Todd. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. All right. That's Dr. Todd Allen, professor of communication at Messiah College. There's much more to come on today's ride home. This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. All of our cleaning and disinfection services use hospital-grade, EPA-registered products. Contact us to provide peace of mind for your employees. The man, the yellow man, called ServiceMaster. This is John Samick, owner of ServiceMaster Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employers need as your business reopens. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master Greater Pittsburgh and schedule a consultation today. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. 
You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Following an evening shower or thunderstorm, clouds tonight's low 65. Clouds and sunshine, watch for a shower or thunderstorm. Thursday, high 80. Thursday night, cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sunshine. Friday, watch for a shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon hours with a high 84. With the AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Time is so strange. I mean, the stories you hear. Listen to this. Irene Triplett, the last person receiving a pension from the United States Civil War, has died at the age of 90. Wow. You're receiving a pension from the Civil War? Now, uh, Irene Triplett's father, a man by the name of Moses Triplett, he's... (laughs) He was a character. He started to fight in the Civil War for the Confederacy, but he defected to the North in 1863. So that decision earned his daughter, Irene, the product of a late-in-life marriage to a woman almost 50 years his junior, a pension of Ah. $73.13 a month from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Her father, who was, um, when the father was 80 six years old, married a woman who was 34. Oh my gosh, it's like Tony Tony Randall, only worse. (laughs) Well, it was common during the day because if you were an old Civil War veteran, that pension provided income for a young woman. So you went out as an old man looking for someone to take care of you, Uh and then they received the pension for the rest of their life after you passed away. So that union created this woman, Irene Triplett, and she lived until the age of 90, collecting monthly that check. That is amazing, it isn't is amazing. it? The Again, last it Civil seemed, War veteran. It, it seems like the Civil War was like in the most ancient past. It is. But of, but of course, of course, it's it's not, though. I mean, look at what we're struggling with right now. I mean, we yeah. fought a war over this, right? <laughs> and we're still fighting a war over this. Yeah, exactly. it, made me, it makes me think of the William Faulkner quote, the past isn't dead. It isn't even past. Mm-hmm. It stays with us mm. yep. like a wool coat. Yep. yep. All right. Well, uh, let's take a break from that. We're going to move forward. Uh, we've been talking about uh, what's happening in this country, right? The riots, the protests, the heartbreak, the fear, the anger, the resentment. Stick around. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to talk with uh, Tremper Longman. He's an Old Testament scholar, a regular guest on our show. His perspective on recent events.
101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Modern day deception of Satan in the world today is to blur sin. Dr. Michael Youssef. Once you blur sin, there's no need for grace. If he can deceive people into believing that God is in all of us and therefore each one of us should be guided by his or her own feelings, then there's no need for grace. Be challenged this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Maybe you can relate to this. A lot of people think they're stuck with their health plan. It costs too much or for whatever reason, they just don't like it. The great news, you are not stuck with it. There is a choice. It's called MediShare and you could save so much. The typical savings for a family is 500 bucks a month. Major difference maker. This is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And just to give you a little more info about MediShare, it's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's worked beautifully for 26 years, has more than 400,000 members, and they've shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So yes, they can help share your needs too. So you're not stuck. There's an excellent alternative, whether you're single or married, you got a family. MediShare is super flexible. You can choose an option that works for you and start saving lots of money. You can join anytime. They're great to talk to. No pressure. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Land ho! <laughs> hey, hey, seriously, land, land ho, guys. Guys, land ho! I'm just, land ho! Land ho! Land ho! Right there! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered with sign and glide on water towing. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. I gotta say, this land ho thing, not very effective. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Sign and glide coverage is subject to policy terms. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Justice. You hear this word often, right? Especially in these past week or so. What is justice? And on top of that, what is social justice? Those things go hand in hand, of course. But what exactly do they mean? Well, Tremper Longman is with us. Tremper is a regular guest on our show. Tremper is a distinguished scholar, professor emeritus of biblical studies at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Tremper has authored or co-authored more than 30 books, including The Lost World of the Flood and How to Read Proverbs. Tremper, friend, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Hey, great, John. Good to hear your voice again. And you as well, Tremper. Tremper, talk to us about uh, social justice and biblical justice. Are they the same thing? Um, yeah. Hi, Kathy. Um, yeah, let's let's start by talking about uh, what's 
social justice is as commonly okay. used in our society. I mean, it's basically the idea that there should be fair and uh, fair relationships between people and within society and equal opportunities for uh, wealth uh, and for, you know, uh, social privileges, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and sort of striving for equality among people. And, uh, and in that regard, I would say, yeah, the Bible does uh, advocate for social justice. And it does so through uh, following two particular Hebrew words. Well, this isn't the only way, but it's a way of thinking it through. And those two words are mishpat, which is usually translated justice or judgment, and zedekah, which is often translated righteousness. But mishpat is basically justice in the sense of people should get what's due to them, whether uh, punishment or or care, reward, protection. Zedekah is translated righteousness, but really is talking about right relationships within the family, within society, treating others with fairness, generosity, and equity. So, okay. so basically, and, and it's interesting, and uh, a number of scholars make this point, and, um, and that is that when you combine Zedekah and Mishpat, and that happens a number of times, I think about 30 times in the Bible, you get something that's very similar to social justice. And in particular, the Bible talks a lot about social justice toward vulnerable classes of people. Um, and typically, the four that are most frequently mentioned are widows, orphans, immigrants, and the poor. Mm-hmm. So, and so you have the prophets often blasting Israel for not um, not seeking social justice, like Isaiah one seventeen. Learn to do good. Isaiah says to them, seek justice, help the oppressed defend the cause of orphans, and fight for the rights of widows. Um, and God himself is described in Psalm 68, verse 5, as the father to the fatherless, defender of widows. So when we seek that type of social justice, uh, then uh, we're following in the footsteps of God. And I'll take a breath after I read one more passage. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> And that okay. is... Uh, one of the most famous passages in uh, the Old Testament, uh, Micah 6, 6 and following, where Micah asks, what can we bring to the Lord? What kind of offering should we give him? Should we bow before God with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No. Oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, um, so yeah, um, social justice is a concept in the sense of seeking the best for our fellow uh, human beings, and in particular, coming alongside of those who are most vulnerable in our society, is a very important concept in the Bible. Um, 
but you can be socially just and still be in a lot of trouble with God if you don't have a right relationship with God. So uh, mm-hmm. social justice is not something that is is uh, separated from our relationship with God. The prophets uh, mm-hmm. would also blast people who may be socially just but uh, aren't in a right relationship with God. Right. Okay, so, you know, that that's an interesting distinction, and maybe it's important at this point to say that, you know, uh, and people view that term, social justice, differently. Mm. Um, in a lot of circles, that's yeah. seen as more of a political statement, more of a, you know, a left-leaning, you know, uh, heavy governmental uh, prescription for how humans should live together. Um, biblical justice, though, uh, does seem different than that. It, well, it definitely is different than that. Can you talk about the differences there? Well, I, I mean, I think in terms of the one thing we're talking about in terms of the goal or the vision of social justice, which is equal opportunity for everybody, yeah. mm-hmm. helping those in need, then it becomes a question of how do you achieve those? And, right. That's, and that's uh, where all the confusion yeah. and discord comes. Right. So, so don't speak. I mean, I'm not saying you speak against the idea of social justice, no, but I've heard people that mean. I've heard people demean the idea of social justice as if it's some kind of left-leaning concept. It's it's not. I mean, where we need to talk, uh, what we need to talk about is what's the best way to achieve yeah, right. those important goals, and uh, and you know, um, be open to the possibility that mm-hmm. some left-leaning policies are actually biblical. Yeah, that's important to say <laughs> as well, Tremper, depending on our political perspective. Boy, the Bible makes us so uncomfortable because it advocates for the other side sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, you know, in terms of the answer, what's the best route to that desired conclusion? I, I, I would, I would say, you know, that first of all, the church needs to look to itself, whether it's uh, trying to achieve social justice in their communities. Are they out there advocating? Because yeah. I would say this, the government wouldn't have to step in if the church fulfilled their responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, in right. terms of generosity toward the right. poor and helping the vulnerable, uh, you know, being kind to the immigrant and trying to help people as well as we can, but uh, but um, but uh, so so if we did that kind of thing, then the government wouldn't have to step in. On the other hand, I don't think we should demean uh, automatically government efforts to to support, you know, through, say, health system, uh, doing our best to provide health, basic health care for all of our citizens. That should be our goal. Then we need to discuss among each other what's the best way to do that. And and I wonder, Tremper, has there ever been, do you know, a time in history, a people group, the Israelites, the Puritans, whomever, who looked at justice and social justice and amplified it within their societies and did it well? Um, that's a good question. A good question to ask a historian. 
Uh, but I think the answer is probably never, <laughs> probably never ideally. Um, you know, I think of ancient Israel. That's why the prophets are so upset because <laughs> right. they didn't do it. On the other hand, I think the story of early Christianity is indeed, um, you know, uh, Christians started like the first hospitals. And uh, one of the things that attracted people to Christians is because they were out there in the broader society, not just in their own enclaves, providing help to people who weren't yet Christians. And that was such a countercultural move to um, the broader culture Mm -hmm. that it made it very attractive, Christianity very attractive, even though Christianity was under, often under persecution in these early days. So, um, so yeah, um, uh, there there may be some better um, examples than others. I mean, or some societies that were really good in certain areas, but not so good in other areas. You know, um, yes. you know. So, um, so I I don't know a lot about the Puritans, and actually, my friend Leland Reichen at Wheaton wrote a very good book, uh, kind mm-hmm. of debunking a lot of the stereotypes. Yeah, about yeah. Puritans mm-hmm. and yeah, and that. how they did they did many good uh, things, uh, but the Puritans also were uh, rather uh, hard on people outside of their specific faith system. They didn't yeah. extend a lot of religious liberty to, and that's why uh, who was it? Roger Williams went to form Rhode Island because they're. <laughs> You know, uh, we talk a lot about religious liberty now, but some of our earlier forebears weren't very good at That's true. offering religious liberty. That so, um, yeah. So those, at least, those are are my thoughts. Um, okay. That at um, well, let's put it this way: there's at least a lot of overlap between the way um, some people talk about social justice, but again. Um, it, sometimes visions like this get so caught up with one particular idea right. about how to achieve it that it becomes distasteful in the eyes right. of right. And so, Tremper, my, my takeaway is basically is that um, as some conservatives and or Christians would the, sort of uh, turn up their nose at the idea or the, the, the line of social justice, right, the, term. The, the fact of the matter is it is truth and it is also biblical. Tremper, I'm sorry, we have I, to uh, close you down. Oh, we can't sure. even listen to your reply okay. to that because we're all out of time. That's <laughs> Dr. Tremper Longman. Thank you. We're always good to hear from you, Tremper. Distinguished Scholar, Professor Emeritus of Biblical Studies, Westmont College, Santa Barbara. We'll be back. Your teeth can't remote into the office or remain socially distant. And dental emergencies won't wait to flatten the curve. The good news? While Stock Family Dentistry remains closed for routine care, they are open for emergencies, going above and beyond the norm to provide a safe, sanitary environment, pre-screening, and seeing only one patient in the office at a time. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At StockFamilyDentistry.com. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. 
This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 7 7- Two four eight eight four fourteen ninety six, and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's seven two four eight eight four fourteen ninety six. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at marleyfg.com. If you have a child, no matter what the age, unless you've homeschooled in the past, chances are your child right now is involved in some form of online learning. Well, here's the deal. Successful learning takes more than two computers. Both of Kath and I's kids go to Grove City College, and so we see firsthand the nature of what quality online education is. In these strange times, not the best way to go about learning, but making the best of an odd situation, that's Grove City College. Kath? I think one of the things that I've been so impressed by and thankful for, John, is the fact that the personalized approach and the personal relationships were already in place before all of this hit. So it wasn't like the professors had to you know, figure out who the students were and boy, I got to make sure that I can come up with some kind of like interpersonal approach to them. No, that was already happening. And so when that's, you know, when they have history in that regard and then something like this emergency hits and they have have to move to a different mode. It's awkward. It's weird. It takes a lot of adjustment, but really the relationship is already present. One day soon, hopefully this will all be over and kids will be back in school. We would encourage you to check out online Grove City College, its beautiful campus, but even more so a Christ-centered education from men and women who love to teach, love to learn. Look online, grovecitycollegegcc.edu. We're sheltered at home. There's been an awful lot of conversation about the changes that will take effect once we go back into our regular, uh, in air quotes, our regular lives, right? What's going to change? Well, those changes, of course, are already underway. And the state of Pennsylvania and PennDOT leading the charge, always at the vanguard of change, those people at PennDOT, because in one felt swoop, they have eliminated 500 jobs statewide, where now when you get on the turnpike, you are not stopping for exact change. You're going to fly right through because everything on the turnpike at the toll gate is now automated. So no cash anymore on the Pennsylvania nope. Turnpike. It's Easy Pass, or what if you don't have an Easy Pass, John? Well, in the past, they've introduced this um, license plate scanner, right? So if you don't right. have yeah, yeah. an Easy Pass and you go through, they you know uh, they would take a picture of your license plate and they'll send you a bill. But I can't imagine the efficiency of collections on something like that. What do right. you think? It's got to be real bad. It's got to be real bad. Do you have an Easy Pass? I do. Yeah. And I've had it for a long, long time. Yeah. Now, listen, I got in my car yesterday uh, to go do an errand, which was a big shock, you know, that I was actually driving. Hey, somewhere. I'm going outside. Anyway, yeah. I took my glass of iced tea with me because, you know, I don't go anywhere without it. Yeah. And I put it in my car in the cup holder and it instantly, instantly poured out mm. all over my easy pass. And mm. so my question is, 
how much fluid can it withstand before it stops working? I guess the answer will be you'll find out because when you go through, if it doesn't register, you'll be contacted by the state in quick order. I will report back later. Yes, of course. Okay, one of those mysteries to be solved. The easy pass or the license plate photo, it's your choice from now on. Can it be immersed? Yes. Take a break. I I get we used to get traffic updates, didn't we? No, we're not getting any traffic updates. Not anymore, because there's there's no traffic. traffic. Still no traffic. All right. Stick around for the five o'clock hour of the ride home with John and Kathy. 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Minnesota Attorney General Ellison says arrest warrants have been issued for three officers that have been newly charged in George Floyd's death. The three stood by while Officer Derek Chauvin pinned Floyd's neck against the street. The charges will be aiding and abetting second-degree murder. Chauvin, initially charged with third-degree murder, has now been charged with second-degree murder. The Senate Judiciary Committee has begun its hearings on an alleged FBI effort to derail the Trump campaign in 2016. Day one of the hearings featuring testimony from former Assistant Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. U.S. businesses lost 2.8 million jobs in May, significantly less than the 9.3 million job losses that were expected. Stocks closing higher, the Dow gained 527 points, the Nasdaq was up 74. This is SRN News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Things are finally starting to move again. Can you feel it? Things are starting to move. Hey, it's John Hall. And right at the beginning of this, in March, my best friend Dan sprung a big leak on his roof. And so for the past forever months, he's had a blue tarp covering up his roof. Hey, Dan, you got a blue tarp on your roof. But now, thanks to United Faith Mortgage, Dan refinanced, and he's finally got a roofing crew working because things are moving again. United Faith Mortgage, online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. I mean, I'm not saying you've got a blue tarp on your roof, but like everybody else, you've been sitting in lockdown and you can't help but think about your house and your money. Are you ready to refinance? Look online at unitedfaithmortgage.com. A small team with family and faith in the middle and something really big behind them. A direct lender advantage, often giving you a better rate and saving you money. Start online, unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. It's an unwritten rule of motherhood to put family before yourself. While very noble, it can also be counterproductive. This is Dr. Corin Garchak, the female half of the husband and wife team at Tranquility Specific Chiropractic. 
As a mother of two, let me encourage you, mom, not to ignore those aches and pains you've been feeling. Your family needs you at your best. We're here to help you meet the challenge. Tranquility Specific Chiropractic, 412-833-1314. Chris Katolka here from the Friends of Israel Today radio program. And earlier this year, President Trump laid out a new Israeli-Palestinian peace plan that was different from any other Middle East peace plan offered before, leaving many people to wonder, whose land is it anyway? The Jewish people want it. The Arabs want it. Well, the booklet, Whose Land Is It Anyway? from the Friends of Israel will leave you with a clear, concise answer to who owns that land. You can get your copy today by giving a gift of any amount by going to FOI Radio. Dot O-R-G. That's foiradio.org. Following an evening shower or thunderstorm, clouds tonight's low 65. Clouds and sunshine, watch for a shower or thunderstorm. Thursday, high 80. Thursday night, cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sunshine. Friday, watch for a shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon hours with a high 84. With the AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the uh, 5 o'clock hour, the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Kath, it's uh, good to see you on this beautiful late spring day. Thank you. It is very nice. I'm sitting here in the spare room with the Mm -hmm. uh, wind whipping the uh, curtains around and the door and everything. So if there's slamming, I apologize in advance. Okay. It happened with me during the 4 o'clock hour. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm just reading the headlines of the Post-Gazette. There has been a a prayer gathering at East Liberty Presbyterian Church, of course, in East Liberty. Right. So all, all throughout the city, people are gathering in particular ways. Some people are protesting. Some people have been violent in those protests. Other people, of course, we've known this, have gathered in prayer, which is really key Mm -hmm. for us here in the Christian community. It is absolutely key. I think it's the number one thing we can do. Amen. Um, I don't have, John, you and I have talked over and over again about how the last thing that we want to do is really dish out any kind of advice or lecture or anything at a time like this. That's right. I mean, uh, we're just... The three of us are here to listen. We're here to learn. We're here to be as open-minded as we possibly can. And if we get annoyed or mad or offended or whatever, we're just going to sit here and work through it because um, what's most important is that we hear from each other. Now, speaking of hearing from each other, John, let me bring up something I heard today. Actually, I read it on Twitter and it it caused me to think um, about, you know, trying to, to fairly see both sides of a, of an issue. And I'm talking in particular um, about the violent portion of the protest. So I saw a protester, uh, it was a video of a young woman and she was saying, John, going to look it up. She said, um, someone asked her how she felt about the violent portion of the protest. She was protesting with sign, looked like she was very peaceful. And they said, you know, how do you feel about this? And she said, quote, we're all not like that. Oh, okay. We're all not like that. So she wanted to make sure that there was a delineation between the kind of protesting she was doing and the kind of protesting that ends up looking like looting and community destruction. Yeah, it is. Violence and all that. She said, we're not all like that. Okay, good. I'll take that. I think it's a really good point, right? Yeah. Right. Because you hear this from mayors and governors across the country where, you know, there has been deep violence. 
almost to a person, almost to a leader, they go, well, you know, that's not us. People are coming in from outside. You know, people are being bussed in or they don't even live in the area and they're causing trouble. Which- okay. Right. Okay. So, and I, I hear that. Um, and I'm going to try, I certainly will try my very best to not lump people together in that regard. However, I started thinking of the other side, which is, could American policemen be saying the same thing? Well, I'm sure there are, right? Could they be saying, and are they saying, we're all not like that? Oh, 100%. How many thousands and thousands of police officers work every day in this country, right? I don't even know what the number would be. How many thousands? Oh, well, I don't That's know. A I lot mean, I think, of men and women. Yeah, I think there. I think there are uh, fifteen thousand uh, people who work for the NYPD. Okay, I mean, so, LA LA has to have a, a, a similar number. I mean, so we're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands. Of right, officers. hundreds and hundreds of thousands across the country. All right, now in, in any organization, organization, whether it's you know the Rotary or the you know the Catholic priesthood or Christian broadcasters, right? There's good eggs and bad eggs. You know that. Right, right. I mean, if you work around people, or if you're in any family or any people group at all, there's always people who are great. There's always people who are coconuts. Just how right. it's going to be. Right. The, the the problem is, I guess, or the 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 um. The tension is, how do you identify and then separate yourself from those who we consider, we consider ourselves the good guys and those people who are not like us, the bad guys? Okay, so the protesters have to ask themselves that question, right? So if I'm out protesting, how am I going to make sure that I am not, that I'm separating myself and I have to figure out a way to try to get those, those violent protesters out of the protest. Right. And you've seen that as well. And I'd really appreciate that. I mean, in the midst of the chaos where people start to act out, there have been instances, multiple instances of people stepping forward and saying, stop, stop. I mean, it happened here down at the, at the PPBG, uh, PPG paint, right? Where that coconut was out there right. you know, vandalizing the police car. People did try to stop initially, but then they just acquiesced to the violence. Right. Okay. So can we say the same thing about police? Can we say, okay, so if police are saying we're, we're not all like that, then it has to be incumbent upon police officers to not be associated with bad cops. We know a lot yes? of good cops, right? We know a lot of good cops. Of course. Yeah, we do. Of course. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is, is it incumbent upon them? Good cops, like good protesters. Well, I guess then that's where it gets a little more complex, of course, because uh, now look, I'm not a police officer. I have limited knowledge here, but I'm still going to say you do know that, you know, there is a brotherhood, right, where police protect themselves in the ranks. Of course, there's also a police union where it is in their vested interest to ensure that the, the numbers are strong and that they are one unit because it could quickly crumble into chaos with those bad apples. Okay. So you right. I mean, there's there's a way that the police police themselves, right? Internal affairs. Well, internal affairs, right? That's why they have that. Um, that of course we recognize that that's not working across the board here. Um, so I, I guess it's well, just, nothing's foolproof. It, nothing is no. Of course, nothing is foolproof. Um, and I guess my call here is for those of us who are leaning, who are who are desperate to defend protesters or desperate to defend cops. I think this is a moment where we where we can both see. Uh, to the other side and maybe be a little more open-minded and say, okay, well, if I am a big cop defender, if I'm a policeman myself, or if I'm married to a policeman or my son is a, or daughter is a policeman that I'm going to, that I'm going to say, great, I'm, I'm proud of my kid. But at the same time, I have to be concerned about there being bad cops. 
right? And that's part of my job as being a policeman is that I'm going to be concerned about making sure that there aren't bad cops, right? At the same time as if you're out there protesting and you're rah, 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 you have to be concerned that there are people that are going to hijack your movement and turn it into a violent, a violent assault against your own community. Yeah. And you can't allow it. I don't no. know how, but in both cases, how do you stop it? Well, I mean, there's a big difference between the, the, the order of the police and the history of the union and internal affairs and all that, as opposed to just right. a bunch of people who are, you know, willy nilly, we're going to go out in the street and protest, right? There are structures in place. Right. I know. I'm not, you're right. I'm not saying that they're the same instance. I'm, my call is to just help people to perhaps see the other side. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're identical, but I'm also saying in a protest, like you said, there were people that were trying to stop the kid from Shaler from lighting that cop car up in front of PPG, but they couldn't. Right. Right. They couldn't do it because they were overwhelmed by those who decided to be, to be violent for any number of reasons. I'm saying that on both sides for different reasons, it's hard to separate yourselves from those who are doing it badly. But right. maybe it would help us not to characterize both groups in any way. Well, it goes back to what your mother said, right? People judge you by the company you keep. <laughs> so who are you hanging out with? The good guys or the bad guys? Yeah. Whether they're rioters or protesters or police officers or Christian radio hosts, right? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? What's your circle like? Yeah. Well, let me just say, uh, thinking ahead to tomorrow's show, John, uh, we're going to open up the phone lines to hear from police officers. And we're really hoping that if you're a cop who listens to the show, or if you're the, the spouse of a cop or the mom of a cop or the daughter of a cop or something like that, we would love to hear from police officers' honest stories. Um, we're not here to judge. We're here to listen. We're not going to lecture anybody. Um, but we would love to do that. So that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Very nice. Take a quick break. Come back. Dean Weaver is going to join us in a few minutes. Dean is an intentional father, uh, and he fathers uh, interracial in his family. We'll talk about that conversation, what we're experiencing, and especially from a personal perspective, next. 101.5 WORD. When your spouse or your child is seriously ill, when your bank account runs dry, when people close to you mock your Christian beliefs, how can you still have joy? John MacArthur answers that question and provides encouragement for today and eternity as he continues his series titled The Beatitudes, this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-500-5588. For your free consultation and to see if you qualify, that's 800 500 5588. 
When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Chris Katolka here from the Friends of Israel Today radio program. And earlier this year, President Trump laid out a new Israeli-Palestinian peace plan that was different from any other Middle East peace plan offered before, leaving many people to wonder, whose land is it anyway? The Jewish people want it. The Arabs want it. Well, the booklet, Whose Land Is It Anyway? from the Friends of Israel will leave you with a clear, concise answer to who owns that land. You can get your copy today by giving a gift of any amount by going to foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. With the coronavirus outbreak, it's critically important to wash your hands thoroughly, not touch your face, and practice social distancing. If you're a parent, it's also important to help your children cope with the stress and fear an event like this can bring. So remain calm, explain to your family all you're doing to protect them, and finally, slow down and enjoy your family's time together by having some fun. Remember, together we'll get through this. White folks, black folks, here we are once again uh, in turmoil, tumult in the United States of America. It is baked into the founding of this country. It is in the DNA of all of us, the problems that we are once again confronting. They will never, ever go Mm -hmm. away. I'm firmly convinced of that. So how do you look at this, especially increasingly so in American society, if you are part of an interracial family? where white and black live and love together under the same roof. Well, Dean Weaver is with us. Dean is the senior pastor at Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and he himself is the father of said blended family. Dean, welcome back to the show. How are you? All right. Great, guys. Good to be with you again. Always good to hear from you, Dean. Okay, start us out. Tell us about all these kids you have. Yeah, it's so funny because I listened to the introduction there, John, and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's a racial biracial family, and then you say that's me, and I go, "Oh, right, right, that is me, that is me." I, 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 it's yeah, just right. Kind Look of, around you, Dean. Look around. Of, yeah, it is kind of normal for us, so it doesn't. I don't really even. Well, you're forced to think about it these days in ways that we never have before. But um, anyway, we have, uh, as you guys probably know, we have seven kids, uh, which, you know, we're, we're really strong Christians. So we do everything in sevens, threes, and forties. And I said, I said, I said no to 40. I wasn't going to do that. That was just overboard for me. And uh, three seemed too little. So we settled on seven and, uh, we have three natural born and, uh, they are white. And then we have four who are adopted, um, three who were adopted, uh, internationally, um, son and daughter from a uh, brother and sister from Sierra Leone, West Africa, uh, a little girl from the island of St. Vincent and the Grenadines in the West Indian, and then our son Tommy is from Cleveland, another foreign mission field. Um, <laughs> so we've we've got we've got uh, domestic, we've got international, we've got boys, we've got girls, we've got tall, we've got small, um, we've got all different shades. Uh, it's it's all there around the kitchen table. 
What's it like, Dean? Well, I mean, you know, these days uh, the conversations are uh, a lot more focused, uh, a lot more different. Um, I'll tell you just for an example, one of the the differences is um, these days when my son goes, uh, we live in a suburb, right? And so when he goes out to go for a run, he texts his mother and I and, and tells us when he's leaving, where he's going. Um, if he goes out with some friends, just driving around, uh, he texts us, you know, his friends' phone numbers and emergency numbers and like stuff that we would have never thought to have done with our white children. Uh, we've never would think, Hey, when you go out running, uh, Texas, when you leave Texas, when you get back, um, because there would never be any worry on our part or thinking that just because they weren't jogging in the neighborhood that somehow, um, something horrible could happen to them. Um, and so, uh, so that, that's a, that's a daily, you know, that's a conversation at the dinner table every single day, processing everything on the news, processing all the social media, which is just overwhelming, processing all the people checking in to see how people are doing, processing, um, how they themselves are doing. It, it's a daily, daily, um, uh, processing around the table. That's interesting. So, Dean, was there, um, because I'm sure you became a, a father of black children probably when you were over 40 years of age. So uh, all those 40 years, you're living, you know, as a white man and looking at your life just as you can, only from a white perspective. But all of a sudden, you know, you go overseas, you adopt children who are black children. Was there a light bulb moment for you or was there a slap in the face as you're holding your children and watching them grow where you went, oh, wait a second, <laughs> things are different. This sure. is not my experience as a, as a father raising white kids. There's a, there's a lot of slaps in the face as you go along the way, right? Um, uh, when you're an interracial family, that you, you can get slapped in the face on both sides. Um, you know, there's the slap on the face that comes uh, the first time you're seated in the back of a restaurant, um, hmm. you know, and they walk you through an entire room of empty uh, tables to sit you in the back of the restaurant where there's like, you know, 50 feet of difference between you and the next closest person. Um, there's uh, the slap in the face when you go to the barbershop for the first time with your black son and you, you haven't been taking care of his hair properly. <laughs> um, there, there's the slap in the face when you're sitting at a ball game uh, and your son and somebody looks around and doesn't see any parents of color in the, in the uh, stands and yells a racial slur at your son and the person's actually sitting right next to you. And you're a pastor, by the way, so you're not allowed to answer the way you want to. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those as you go along the way and there's, there's, uh, you know, people who are uncomfortable with their children, dating their children. There's people who, um, just their heads turn when you walk into a room and, you know, uh, that, that wouldn't happen for you guys unless of course, um, Kathy, your husband was wearing one of his interesting hats. Um, you know, so that kind of stuff just doesn't typically happen Mm -hmm. for most people. Right. Yeah. So, so those slaps, Dean, um, not to minimize those, right? But, uh, you know, on the pantheon of indignities, those are smaller, but they are also significant as well. And, and I'm sure those conversations that you've, you've been forced to have with yourself and your wife and your children, they've reached different levels of outrage. Yeah. I mean, so over the years, you, you get used to things like that, right? So when my 
one son turns 16, I teach him how to drive. Like you maybe have taught your kids how to drive. And when my other son turned 16, I taught him how to drive while black. I, I taught him what to do when a, when a police officer in the suburbs pulls over a young black man. And so that just was sort of normal uh, for us. And you sort of live with that kind of normal, which of course maybe shouldn't be normal, right? Um, and then something like this happens uh, with George Floyd, and you think to myself, that that could be my son. And, and then you realize, as you start talking to a lot of other people, that has been their experience. I was just uh, watching a pastor friend of mine share his experience the other day about when he got pulled over by the police. And, and I remember vividly when I lived in Buffalo, my best friend's wife, who was, you know, hardly a threat to anybody was on her way home from a health club when she was working out with her girlfriends and got pulled over by the police and car was impounded and she was taken to jail because of quote, a taillight was out. Um, you know, so when things like this happen, it, 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 it perks all of our sensibilities. Uh, but when you have your own children who are around the table and you realize they're going out into that world every single day, uh, it heightens your awareness to the, the, the sin of racism and the pain that it causes. Dr. Dean Weaver with us, the Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver with us, Senior Pastor at Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church in the Allison Park section of Pittsburgh. Um, Dean, when talk about the relationships between your kids. Um, you know, that must be... Um, Hysterical. That must be really illustrative um, and how they communicate <laughs> with each other and protect each other and see the world differently. Yeah, I mean, I think our family is all the richer for it, right? I mean, um, my kids, uh, my white kids have grown up and have a totally different understanding of the world because they've seen it through the eyes of their sisters and brothers. And What's fascinating to me now is my daughter, who's 30 and has three beautiful little girls, my granddaughters, is having a conversation with her four-year-old about why um, her uncles and aunts would be treated differently um, when they go out. And, and that's a conversation, you know, most my, – my daughter, who is white, who is married to a white man who has three white children – that's probably not a conversation a lot of people have with their kids necessarily, but when it's their uncle Tommy or their uncle Isaac uh, or their aunt Isatu or their aunt Sarah, um, that becomes very real to them because that's their family. And, and so, but you're having that conversation now with a four-year-old. Right. And Dean, I wonder about this, you know, I mean, all the different situations you find yourself in, especially with your children, you know, um, your black children, what about the children who were, I think you adopted your children from Sierra Leone. And I, I remember being at an event that you hosted and both of your children spoke beautifully, eloquently about going back to Sierra Leone. So clearly they, they understand where they've come from and where they are now and the gift they've been given to be here in the United States of America, despite all of its foibles with the great gift of, of prosperity and advancement or engagement that they would not have the opportunity to have. What's that conversation like? Well, I mean, first of all, it, it's been important for us, John, to raise our children, understanding who they are and where they're from. Um, I think, you know, there's a rich heritage to understanding our ethnicity. 
Sure. Um, you know, for me to understand my German and Scottish ethnicity, um, actually, there's a there's a lot of story to tell there that's far richer than I probably ever ever realized. Um, and so, with my children from Sierra Leone, for example, to raise them to understand that not only are they from Sierra Leone, but they're Temne, and they're from the village of Rokasa, and to take them back and to meet family and to find out that you know they have they have property um, that that they have an entire family system and an entire heritage that informs and shapes who they are. Um, that is really important to us. We're, we're trying to um, raise all of our kids to understand who God has gifted them to be. And their heritage is a huge part of that legacy. It's part of that gift. It's a part of what forms and shapes us. So they're able to go and see um, the rich beauty of, of uh, being from the land of Sierra Leone and understanding, for example, um, the gift of hospitality that is more present in Sierra Leone than it is in the United States, the gift of community uh, that is more present, I think, in a lot of ways. But then they're able to look and see, well, but the culture that we were raised in also has some incredible advantages. And with those advantages come responsibility, right? Um, to whom much is given, much is required. And, and they were born into a household of privilege. Um, they had all kind of opportunity and access to resources that their relatives in Sierra Leone wouldn't have ever had. And that comes with, with a whole uh, host of other things. So, you know, and we all, we all have to kind of understand the gifts that we were given and do the best we can with them. And that's true regardless of who you are. But when your children are of a different ethnicity than yours, and that's just obvious by walking in the room, there's not only no avoiding it, um, there's all good reason to embrace it and to celebrate it because there's this, a richness there and the fullness there. You know, when you get to Revelation 7, 9, when we all finally get there, I look and behold before me was a number two great to count from every tribe, every nation, every people, every language. John the Revelator can see every tribe, every nation, which means they've retained their distinctiveness. And that's part of God's intention of the beauty of his kingdom is this rich diversity of the Imago Dei, which is people of God. You know, no sooner will we go to heaven and there be just all roses and no other types of flower will we go to heaven and somehow all of us, you know, will, will look the same. All of the intended beautiful diversity of the fullness of the Godhead will be represented. Uh, and, and that is something that we're called to live into now. And for us, um, as hard as it is, because sin is a part of this world, we do it around the kitchen table and we try to do it every day for good or for bad. Dean, our best to Beth and all of your kiddos. Please pass on our greetings to them. It's the Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver, Memorial Park Evangelical Presbyterian Church in Allison Park. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dean. That's great, guys, talking to you. I hope you're doing well and hanging in there these days. Yeah, you too. Yes. Let's uh, step away for just a few minutes. When we come back, we want to talk, as you heard Dean talk, about his experiences firsthand as a father with racism. And I think, you know, whether you're white, black, yellow, or red, all of us have experienced this in some way. Let's talk about that next. So, I don't know if you saw this, but there was just this big study about anxiety among us. Really interesting in this study about what can keep us up at night. One of the top stressors out of all the things to worry about is paying for health care. A huge majority of us say we're worried about that. It's totally understandable, but there's an affordable alternative to health insurance. It's MediShare. 
It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and it has worked beautifully for more than 25 years. And not only do people save lots of money, they get access to a huge network of doctors. They get to take advantage of 24-7 live access online where they can talk to a doctor and even get prescriptions. And of course, there is the savings. With MediShare, the typical family saves $500 a month. That can help you sleep easier, too. There's a lot to love about it. No wonder it's grown so much. Here is the number to find out more. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-B-I-B-L-E. 844-57-BIBLE. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, a partner you can trust in times of need, featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit greaterpghplumbing.com or call 412-223-2560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. Moms sure do wear a lot of hats, and these days she's wearing a few she hadn't expected, like homeschool teacher, mask maker, hand-washing enforcer, social distance shopper, toilet paper finder, parent checker inner, screen time negotiator, personal space administrator, and make sure everyone's happier, safer-er, and healthier-er. And to help you appreciate her, Trinity Jewelers is now open. Like hats, the best gifts are unexpected at trinityjewelers.com. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. When a health crisis strikes, it can be a crazy time for parents. But in the middle of your busyness, it's easy to forget to take care of yourself. Our lives can be like pressure cookers, and we can only handle so much stress. Sooner or later, we need to slow down. Make time for a good book, a bubble bath, or find another way to just be still. Explore new ways to refresh your mind, body, and soul. And together... We'll get through this. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Following an evening shower or thunderstorm, clouds, tonight's low 65. Clouds and sunshine, watch for a shower or thunderstorm, Thursday, high 80. Thursday night, cloudy, low 65. Clouds and sunshine. Friday, watch for a shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon hours with a high 84. With the AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Talked about this uh, many times in the past, but I grew up in Swissvale and I graduated from high school in the 1970s. And of course, if you were alive then, Swissville was no different than any mill town up and down the valley, right? I mean, our fathers worked in factories or they worked in the mill, whether at the Union Switching Signal in Swissville, which was the largest employer, or JL or Homestead Steel. And all these men and women were somehow um, part of the, the, um, the, the, the bounty of post-World War II America, where unions were king and Right out of high school, a lot of guys I went to high school with, they didn't go to college. They went right into the mills. And 
you know, in Swissvale in the 70s, I mean, I could probably count on two hands the number of my classmates who are African-American. And, you know, I, I get together with them, you know, see them at reunions or stay connected with people on Facebook. And that's just how it is. I mean, that's my perception of the world. And, of course, I would love to talk to my, my classmates of what it was to grow up black in Swissvale in the 1970s. Certainly in many ways, very much similar to what I grew up with. But there was a very hard line, a distinction between being a white guy and a black guy. That's just how it was or that's just how it is. And so I wonder what your experience with racism is like growing up as a kid. When did you first encounter it? Or as we talked to Dean Weaver about it, if you were, you know, of someone who was black, when did you feel the the harsh slap, the sting of the differentiation between Mm -hmm. you and white America? What is that like? Things have changed and I don't think things have changed for the better. But not to put on rose-colored glasses and think, of course, back in the day, there was no racism. Of course, it's part of our lives. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. We have open phones. The question, as John says, is what is your experience with racism? We did this segment in our 4 o'clock hour yesterday. We heard, heard from terrific callers who are willing to share a lot of personal experiences that helped us. Our purpose for this is John and Mike and I are eager to listen with what's happening in our country. We're the last three people who are going to lecture you about anything. Uh, We feel like we need to get and hear uh, stories. We need to assemble not just information, but we need to feel the heart of the people who've been hurt. And so we'd love to hear your heart today. 800-320-8255. And um, we look forward to calls coming in. Yesterday, uh, someone called us and told us a story about being in line at the grocery store and uh, in all innocence, a little child blurted out the N-word and pointed at that person. Yeah. And, of course, the person was hurt and upset, the African-American, right? And she said, which I, th- I thought of last night, you know, she, that person, that little baby, they had to hear that word to pick that up. Well, I remember very clearly when I was a little boy, and I, my parents we're not like that by any stretch of the imagination. But I remember being a little boy and saying out loud the N-word. And my father, he pounced on me. It scared me. He said to me, hey, if I ever hear you say that word again, I will wash your mouth out with soap. Do you understand? He said it was such force and such anger in his voice. And me, I'm sure, what was I? Maybe five, maybe six who knows where I picked that word up? I said it once. That was enough because my father set me straight. Mm. But I realized there was a line there, that there was a difference, a difference, a delineation. So what's your experience with racism in your life? I'm a white man. I'm over 60 years of age and I've lived this life. My experience is certainly different than an African-American woman in her 20s or her 30s. Can you tell us your story? Part of this mystery, this puzzle, this angst, this fear, this anger, this resentment, this ugliness that is deep inside of us is peeling that back and helping us understand who we are, where we've come from, and what this means to us individually so we can at least look at each other honestly and start to put down a prescription for healing. 
in this world? What does it look like? The phone number 800-320-8255. What is your experience with racism? We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're looking forward to hearing your calls. Or if you're watching on Facebook, our live stream, you can put your question or your story right there. And I'd be happy to share with our listening audience. But voices are better. 800-320-8255. 101.5-WORD. This week on Insight for Living from Chuck Swindoll. Joy is something very deep and profound, something that affects the whole entire personality. There is only one thing that can give true joy, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't miss Chuck Swindoll's encouraging study in 1 John, weekdays on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. I love golf, and I also stink at golf. I've tried it all, the lessons, the special swing contraptions, the neon brush tees, the funny hats, the putting all of my change in my left pocket. I like to say I just happen to have a high golf handicap. My friends would say I have a high talent disadvantage. Hey, it's Ryan. And luckily, while I might be fighting some disadvantages on the golf course, at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're lucky to be able to serve Word FM listeners with a unique advantage. Our team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. And for you, that can mean shorter turnaround times and often a lower rate, which could save you monthly and lifelong money on a new home, refinance, or cash out refinance. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hello, friends. It's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. We are hoping you are all healthy and safe. Our family wanted to let you know that because our cows are requiring twice-a-day milking, the Spring House is still open for you to stop by for your farm fresher from our herd milk and hot out-of-the-oven breads and buns and meats and cheeses and cookies and anything that make life happy and comfy and easier during these uncertain times. Our buffet is still full of family recipe lunches and suppers every day to take home to eat at your own family table and our catering team even created a special take and bake meal which you can check out online. We even ordered in extra toilet paper in case any of you are in a pinch. We've been so blessed this last week by customers thanking us for staying open and best of all telling us that they're praying for us. We just wanted to let you know that we are praying for all of you too. Here's a big hug from all of us at the Spring House to you. We love you. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. In times of crisis, Americans have historically set aside differences and become one. Only days after 9-11, Republicans and Democrats stood side by side on the Capitol steps and sang, God bless America. Now we have an opportunity to rally together again. Neighbors are helping neighbors. Healthcare workers are stepping up. And online, people are joining in prayer. Remember, together we'll get through this. We have open phones at 800-320-8255 asking the question, what is your personal experience with racism? John and Mike and I are looking not to lecture or talk or teach or anything like that. All we want to do is listen 
And so we're eager to hear from you at 800-320-8255 or online. We're live on Facebook at 101.5 Word FM or The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. All right. So let's go to the phones. Dana, I hear you're first up. Hi. Yes. Hi, Dana. What's your story? Hi. We're- Good, good. I just want to say I listen to you guys sometimes on my on my route, and I just say want to say you guys do a phenomenal job of the show, and just keep up Thanks the good work. Thank you, Dana. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, um, I am an African American man, um, and I I've experienced racism, but I've learned to channel that as being a good Samaritan and a good. Uh, individual in my neighborhoods or wherever I go. Do I get racially profiled? Yes, I do. But I no longer let it bother me because it's the, the problem with the world in America is that it's not really a racial issue. It's a sinful problem that's within mm-hmm. the person. Those okay. who those who are of of that sinful nature of racism and not understanding the construct in the infrastructure of that will act out that way. And most importantly, there's not enough parents in all spectrum of life who are not talking to their kids about the good and the bad side of racism, meaning that it, it's okay to have friends that are black. It is okay to have friends who are from a different culture. And I think more or less, um, a lot of white people, and I'm just saying not all white people are racist because I have came across a lot of good white people who understand and see both sides of the spectrum and what is going on. I've had white people reach in their pocket and hand me money to get a car. So I, I understand from both spectrums of what's going on, but most mm-hmm. importantly, there's not enough of the negative side being talked about and most importantly, respecting the African culture and respecting the African history. And I think that's where it needs to start at home. Like the Bible says, parents are to train up a child. So that way mm-hmm. it does not depart from that. That's a general scripture, but it, it, it deals with all ends of, of everything. We can't allow school, the school systems to teach our kids about history, black history, because most schools don't teach black history to a lot of white kids. And most importantly, that's the issue as well. We have, we have not been giving and taught real history when it comes to America and when it comes to the world visions of everything that we deal with. So this is where we are. Like Christ says, you know, in the book of revelations, we're going through all these things because he was the truth. He taught the way everyone has gone their own way. Like the Bible says, but we must come back to the center of Christ and and reintroduce that reconciliation within ourselves as a sinful nature that is drawing the racism, that is drawing the hate towards one another, and learn how to dismantle it, learn how to dismantle it in the judicial system as well, where that is the infrastructure where Black people are not being treated fairly when it comes to the injustice in America and all over the world. That's good. Dana, good Dana, call. That's a- Thank That's a you. great call, Dana. Wow. You unpacked a lot of different topics there, and uh, you laid it out yeah. for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show. Okay, so there it is. There's one call, right, from a black man's perspective. What's he doing? Uh, he's not looking at it as a personal issue. He's looking at it as a sin issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it be so that we all did that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a right. social issue. It's just me, my own craziness, my own sinfulness. 
Yeah. Love that phone call. Thanks a lot, Dana. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Give us a call. How has racism affected your life? What's that been like with you? Right? Tell us that story. Whether you're white, black, red, or yellow, tell us that story. Let's go back to the phones and speak with Ken. Ken, you're with us live. Uh, thanks for coming along today, Ken. Absolutely. Good to be with you. I am a white male in my 50s, and um, my experience with racism was more of the systemic kind. I had a friend who was a pastor at an African-American church in the Larimer section of Pittsburgh, and he was quite tired one day, and I said, hey, man, why don't you take a break and not preach this Sunday? And he said to me, well, if I don't go, people won't come to the church, and the offering will go down, and I won't get paid. And as a white man, I'm accustomed to churches that have an endowment and have money in the bank. Interesting. Okay, so this man, Ken, let me make sure I understand, is saying that if he doesn't preach— then the whole, basically the whole church is going to go under, and it could happen within a two-week span because they just don't have any monetary cushion? A small church. Yeah, a small church, if, if mm-hmm. people didn't give because they weren't there because they liked his preaching, then he didn't get paid. Wow. Boy, talk about pressure. Yeah. Holy smokes. But is that necessarily and, a black issue? I mean, it's just a, is it a small church issue? Um, it was educational to me because I had never thought about the fact that the people that built my church were wealthy and created an endowment. Oh, I see. That's a good point, Ken. That's a good point. Right. Right. So how many, how many black churches, what you're saying, have an endowment to cover those uh, lean times to ensure that the pastor has a salary, has health insurance and all that? That, and I knew him well because he had to have another job. We worked together. Hmm. So he was bivocational. He did not only pastor a church. He had to do multiple things. And I know right now there's black pastors out there nodding their heads and saying, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, right, right. That's interesting. But as a privileged white man, I had never heard of that. I I didn't understand that before. Right. Wow, that's a that's an excellent point. Good call. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate that. Okay. So I never thought of it. I didn't, didn't again. So that you learn something there, right? I mean, I, it's just not something part of my worldview. 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Um the question that Kath and I ask, what's your experience with racism? Um two very unique perspectives from a white man and a black man. Um anybody else out there, Kent, my mic? Okay. Hello, sir. Uh, you're live on the air with Kath and myself. Uh, what's your name, please? Uh, my name is Bill. Hey, Bill. Bill. Yeah, thanks for joining us. What's your story? Tell us that. Uh, well, uh, first, I have to say this is the first time I've called, not because I haven't wanted to. Hundreds of times, you guys have a fantastic show. You you do just amazingly uh, insightful interviews. I can't even say how many times I hear your guest repeat over and over again. Uh, That's a good question, Kathy. That's a good question, John, 
because you do such a wonderful job uh, really interviewing people and getting to the kernel of truth that you're seeking or uh, exposing the issue in a, in a new and insightful way, and it's very appreciated. Thank you. It's mm. very kind of you. Thank so you so much, Bill. I have Bill. to say that. Um, okay, so I'm a, I'm a white male, uh, 60s. I grew up uh, for a lot of uh, formative years in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm. Uh, Baltimore is a very black town, and uh, I grew up in a uh, mixed family. Half my family was, I would consider, racist and would use the N-word and other uh, pejorative terms to describe blacks uh, okay. routinely. Uh, the other half of my family was not, um, the half of the family that was not, uh, is Christian, was and is. And so uh, hmm. I... So my perspective and what I wanted to share was that uh, in my upbringing, I've, uh, you know, believed that racism is wrong. And I try to be, uh, you know, completely uh, open to the, the plight and the difficulty that the uh, blacks in this country have experienced because of institutional racism. Uh, on the other hand, though, I... I feel as if the, I, I don't know if it's the advent of social media being so predominant of a, of a medium um, uh, and a news source in our culture that's forcing this tribalization that seems to be happening where we've, you know, we've got this polarization yeah. of Republican versus Democrat, uh, leftist versus right, conservative versus liberal, but... Uh, just for, you know, for example, here's one example, and I'll, I'll leave it at that and answer any questions if you have any. On your network, on the Salem Network, one of your regular talk show hosts that I'll, I'll, I won't name uh, made the point about how uh, he cited statistics. In this case, he cited the fact that I believe it was 1999. You can fact check me. I believe it. I'm sorry. 19, uh, 2019. 2019, nine uh, blacks, unarmed black men were killed by police. Okay. In the same time, he cited 16 white men, unarmed white men, were killed by police. And he went on to demonstrate that we don't know any of those names of the white people that were killed, unarmed white people that were killed by police, because the media... Mainstream media, whatever you want, legacy media, whatever term you want to use, buries that. It just doesn't Bill, make no. Bill, I want to thank you for your phone call, your very nice comment. Sadly, we are completely out of time. We've got to go to a uh, break. It's uh, the ride home with Johnny Kathy. But it's a good point. It really is, right? Okay. Uh, what is the media's role in race relations? Uh, whether it's they're telling the truth, whether it's hashtag fake news, or whether it's just pushed aside. That's a very good point, Bill. Thanks an awful lot. We'll step away. Uh, join us, right? Won't you please? 800-320-8255. Back in a few minutes. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe 
safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarustpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. A partner you can trust in times of need. Featuring 24-hour emergency service. From plumbing, heating, cooling, and trenchless sewer repairs, Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling has been a trusted name for over 35 years when it comes to helping you solve household problems and concerns. Visit GreaterPGHPlumbing.com or call 412-223-2020. 560. Greater Pittsburgh Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling at greaterpghplumbing.com. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. Our specialty cleaning services can provide the peace of mind your customers and employees need when you reopen your facility. Contact us today. The man, the yellow man, called Service Master. This is John Samick, owner of Service Master Greater Pittsburgh. We have developed a comprehensive facility reopening guide for businesses preparing to re-enter the workplace. Visit ServiceMasterGreaterPGH.com to download yours today. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop on your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I've been searching for ways to grow deeper in my faith and strengthen my daily walk, and I found it at Crosswalk.com. From Bible study tools to Christian living articles, devotionals, movie reviews, to marriage and finance articles, well, you get the idea. Crosswalk.com also has a great online community of Christians just like me. With everything just a click away, it's like having a trusted friend, teacher, and mentor right here at my desk every day. Crosswalk.com, the intersection of faith and life. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. Our question for this segment has been, what's your experience with racism? I've got a couple respondents here on Facebook. John, can I share them with you? Sure, please do. Okay, Marilyn said, in 1981, I married interracially. We were both baby Christians. I asked God to bless us and protect us in blind faith, and he has. We were very blessed with his favor and have a beautiful family. Fabulous. That's great. And here's Mary Kay. Mary Kay says this. "Um, I'm white. I had a black roommate in college. I was afraid the first day back in the 1970s when I moved in. I didn't grow up in a racist home, but I didn't have any experience as my high school was all white. It turned out to be a very positive experience, and we ended up becoming good friends. Outstanding. You know, with our last caller, I think a lot of that's true. Your family molds how you look at the races, Mm -hmm. don't you think? Yeah. Right? That conversation around the dinner table says an awful lot, right? Yeah, but it doesn't determine everything. No, it doesn't. But it sets the tone. Like Bill said, half of his family was a Christian, half of his family were racist. So there was a day when he had to decide. Exactly, yeah. Which which side of my family am I going with? And to go to the essence of another caller, it is a sin issue. It is a sin issue, yes. So the knowledge itself, of course, is one thing to have that knowledge your decision is another thing and the sin issue overlays it all so what are you going to do with it right yeah you're going to praise god are you going to sin 
Right. I appreciate it. Dana, our previous caller also said, you have to teach your kids to respect African culture and learn some African history. You can't leave it to schools. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing too. Keep in mind, it's our job. If you've got kids, if you've got grandkids or neighbors or nieces or nephews or whatever, it's all of our job. It sure is. Hey, thanks for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.